The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and surname FC. My name is Hector Flores, host of the Insert Name FC podcast, a member of the Belly of Sports Media Network. Um, it's just me today. Obviously, you guys remember Edward is taking a sabbatical, so it is going to be a while before you see Edward on. Um, I'm going to try to recruit, well, not recruit, but uh, try to invite people uh, to talk. Um, I'm going to try to see because now my... Uh, I just started a new job, uh, and the hours, they're not crazy, but it's, um, I work 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., or roughly around there, it depends, depends on the workload that day, but, um, um, but because of that, uh, my schedule isn't necessarily as open as it used to be in the evenings, so, um, uh, I'm, I'm sure we can figure things out, um, I mean, when it, me and Kelsey previewed the MLS season. It was actually on a Saturday recorded, and it was actually very convenient for him. So we'll see if uh, we continue. If I can uh, invite Kelsey, uh, may obviously also try to bring bring Jose on. Um, see see if I can bring in like a a mixture of different people of sorts to talk footy. So that'll be definitely something that I will be looking into. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, but yeah, so. Uh, this episode is going to look at some headlines, um, give you guys a recap of the of the Carabao Cup final, because um, that did happen actually when I'm recording this, because I'm actually recording this on Sunday. Um, the reason why I'm recording this on Sunday is because, I don't know yet, I was informed at my job that Monday we get out pretty late, so I don't know what pretty late means. Um, cause I don't know, these guys say late, but I let, I, you know, I left like at seven thirty, and they said that's pretty late. So if that's late, then I think I could manage to record on Mondays, but just to be careful, I'm just going to do that, uh, to make things a little bit easier for me by recording on Sundays or, uh, but we'll see, we'll see. I, I, once I look at this, once I understand how the full week schedule looks, because I actually started on Thursday, um, once I know what a full week schedule looks like. Um, I'll definitely have a better idea of how I can approach recording these episodes, especially when Edward does come back from his uh, sabbatical, because obviously his only day that he can record is Mondays. But anyways, um, talk about the Carabao Cup final. We're going to recap the playoffs over for the Europa League and look at the round of 16 uh, that's coming up. It's going to be pretty exciting uh, for that. For those of you guys that are going to want to know if we are going to talk about Europa Conference League, uh, once again, we won't really cover it till we get to maybe to the semifinals. It's 
only because personally I'm just not familiar with most of the teams that are in the Europa Conference League. It's a very unique mixed bag. I am I am watching it, so don't think I'm not watching those matches, but I just don't want to like go in there talking about it when I'm not fully uh informed on it myself. So that's the only reason why. So uh but when we get to the semifinal, we will definitely cover them when we get there. Um give you guys our players of the week. Um Edward still sends me his players of the week. So so you don't worry about that. Give you guys some games to look forward to this coming weekend. And uh before um we re- when we recorded Edward's last previous episode that we was in which was obviously last episode um he did stay back we did record one little thing bit so we're actually gonna do am i the asshole it's a segment that um me and Edward actually have a lot of fun doing um i need to figure out how i'm gonna do this uh closing segment as well because um i don't want to always do my closing thoughts on every fucking episode because that's just gonna be uh annoying um so i don't know i think uh I don't know. I might feel feel like doing something, man. I feel like doing something. Um, it might be might try to recruit some guys from Belly of Sports to see if they would want to come on to do a closing segment. Uh, whether it's doing a five aside draft, a three up, three down, or doing a reading of a, Am I the Asshole, something like that. Maybe try to see if, or maybe come up some new with new some, some new closing uh, topics, but. Um, something to like at you know include the belly up family so that way we can also promote belly up sports as well but we'll see we'll see how that all goes but all right um overreactions headlines carabao cup recap europa league um we're gonna talk about europa league players of the week games to watch and am i the asshole so pretty good show i can't wait obviously it's just me so Let's see how this one goes. Um, I'm I'm gonna try to see if I can bring somebody on for next week. So we'll we'll no guarantees there, but we'll definitely see it. But before we get going with this episode, um, I will say opening day MLS was awesome. It was cool to be back at uh at Shell Energy Stadium. It's a little bit weirder. Um, I mean it was definitely weird after when after I got fired by the Dynamo, um, when I went there in July, but. I think I think this was a little bit weirder more so cuz like it's been obviously 6 months since I seen the guys from the academy and uh, a lot of them have grown um so and it was it was just really great to see everybody um it was awesome seeing everybody that from you know from my time working at the academy um shout out to my boy Liam he spotted me when I was uh, we we're, were actually sitting we were sitting in the same section and he spotted me, so it was really good to, to catch up and and chat with him. Man, he's a, a definitely, definitely. Uh, it was really cool for, just cool in general for all the guys that uh, you know stop, that stopped and said hi to me. Um, you know, it just, it it it, it did it did it did it did strike some it did strike me a little bit because it was obviously like, cool that you guys uh, were happy to see me for starters, but too was just uh, I don't know it. it it really, it really touched me. It really made me feel. Ugh, I don't want to use that word. Um, I felt. I it, it just made me feel very sentimental. It was really cool. I appreciate everybody that stopped and said hi. Uh, because it, it 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 at least tells me one thing that I did not suck at my job. At least it tells me that. So, um, so it was awesome. But uh, 
But talking about the Houston Dynamo, obviously, there is one player that used to play for Dynamo uh, that was very much loved here in the city of Houston, and that is, of course, Albert Ellis, um, who unfortunately uh, was part of a very unfortunate injury. Um, he currently plays in, in League Two in France over uh, over for, with Bordeaux, and he was involved of a head collision um, in their match. Um, don't remember the club that they were facing, but the player that he did have the uh, head collision with was Donatine Gomez. Um, and unfortunately, uh, obviously, uh, the way he landed was not good. Um, the match was stopped. Um, I believe it was like almost... It was a good while, you know. Obviously, trainers were out there to to see to assess Albert Felice's situation. Um, unfortunately, he was uh, he had to be uh, taken out. He had to be stretched out out of the field and taken to the hospital. He, as far as I know, right now he's in an induced coma. Um, you know, obviously thoughts and prayers to his family. Hopefully, he's able to recover. Um, you know. Uh, you know, as as updates continue, obviously we'll we'll discuss it. But but yeah, it's it, it's it's heartbreaking. Not just because he's an athlete or anything like that. Don't think that we're at the end of the day. You know, life is what it, it, it's life. We're talking about life here, and um and right now he you know it. This is a for his family. It's definitely uh, a time that's going to be rough for them. So hopefully thoughts and prayers, and hope that obviously can overcome it. Um, because he is very much a very special person here in the city of Houston. Not only in the city of Houston, but obviously from his na- native of Honduras. And yeah, he, he's just uh, a really great person. So hopefully he is able to overcome it um, for sure. So like I said, show's going to go through. So we're going to go ahead and take a break and go straight into overreactions. Righteous Felon Craft Jerky is the official jerky of Belly Up Sports. For over a decade, Righteous Felon Craft Jerky has led the American meat snack revolution by concocting delicious, adventurous, U.S. sourced jerky recipes for uncompromising carnivores across the country. With 15 different flavors to choose from, Righteous Felon has all jerky lovers covered, and by using promo code BELLYUP, you will get 15% off your purchase at RighteousFelon.com. Do your taste buds a favor today and rip into a bag of Righteous Felon Jerky. All right, guys, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, X at insert name FC. Also, check us out on TikTok, insert.name.fc. Um, try to post clips from episodes. Um, try to do two cl- two clips an episode because of just like if, if I just start going on a on a streak of just making clips, it's just going to it's never going to. end. So I try to limit myself to two clips per episode uh, because then, you know, I, I'm just giving you guys the good stuff for for no reason you shouldn't be listening to the podcast so of course check us out also follow us on all things uh podcasting well check us out all things podcasting and also please subscribe to us on youtube we're trying to grow that platform out a little bit more um i know kelsey has been really been on my ass about starting a youtube channel and, and i think this is kind of the reason why i was so reluctant to having a youtube channel because of the growing process is is <laughs> yeah so um, right now, you know, obviously the subscriber numbers isn't really great, but the podcast numbers have been really good. So, um, there's that, but obviously YouTube, you know, it's, it's one, it's definitely another avenue where you can see us and you'll see the video version of this podcast on YouTube. So if you guys want to go ahead and check it out, check it out, but all right, overreactions, 
I am going to have my I'm just going to say it right now. This is going to be my uh, old man yells a cloud moment. And and the reason why I say this is, you know, so this past week there was a charity match. Um, I don't know what exactly the charity match was, but obviously you usually invite former players, some celebrities as well. And, you know, now we have, when you use the, it's like the word celebrities now being kind of used more loosely nowadays because now you're, considering you know content creators or influencers now in that celebrity status um and there's been a, a content creator as far as the soccer sphere goes by the name of i think it's i show speed or i know speed something like that i don't i don't know frankly i i, I give two shits about this kid um but they call him speed and uh he he does a lot of fifa con- ea sports fc content um you know he he made that very god awful World Cup song, probably the shittiest thing I ever heard in my fucking life. Like, um, you know, when I heard that god awful song, I all I could think, and it, yeah, I'm gonna be a real, really much a hater right now because, because you know, fuck them. That's why. Um, but it was just like, you know, it was he. He's been kind of getting, you know, he's been getting a lot of attention. Obviously, you know, players, you know, everyone loves reacting to him, like mispronouncing players names when he's doing the 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 FUD cards or ea sports fc cards i don't know what the hell they're calling it ultimate team cards you know when he starts does the pools and is mispronouncing names obviously his obsession with cristiano ronaldo um you know obviously him constantly hating on messi because he's you know he's a ronaldo stand and um and obviously because of that hit he's able to he's built his platform and has now been able to do a lot of cool things where he's gone to go to Brazil and watch matches in Brazil. He got to meet Cristiano Ronaldo um, with, over there in Al Nassar. Kind of stalkerish, if you ask me. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, he went to the World Cup, obviously because of that shitty, awful song that he did for the World Cup. Um, but, I mean, he you know, he, he's he's done a lot of stuff and he's gotten a lot of attention for it. Um, and he's been featured in a lot of these, like, I guess, charity matches, celebrity matches, whatever you want to call it. And I, I and there's a lot of there's few other content creators, but like obviously, they're not as big as this kid is. And um, he gets in, you know he's in the match and he does a lot of cringy shit. If if you ask me, you know obviously he's talking to Arsene Wenger uh, about about tactics or whatever the hell they were talking about. Frankly, I I, I can't tell you what that, really what he was talking about, but um, I think he was saying something about that he's never had a player, you know, Arsene Wenger's never coached a player as fast as he is or or some shit like that. Um, and then, uh, freaking Eden Hazard, like, played at him, and I mean, played at him, uh, an open shot at goal, and he just completely, like, fucked that up, and I'm not gonna sit here and tell y'all that I can make that shot, because, I mean, you can ask Edward, I'm not, I'm not a goal scorer by me, by any means, but, um, would I have made that shot? I don't think I would even be in a position to make that shot, to be honest with you. So, um, but yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was given a pass by Eden Hazard. It was a very, um, many would say would probably be a very easy shot to take. And he, I don't even think he got a shot off of it. I think he, he like lost control of the ball. And so, which is crazy because it wasn't like, it wasn't like a difficult pass that Eden Hazard gave him. It was a pretty easy pass from what I saw, at least from like a, a soccer player standpoint, if you've been playing soccer for so long, um, you probably should be able to get that ball and then take the shot. 
Um, but yeah, so he there was also that. But the part that probably was the most controversial of all things that he did in that charity match or whatever whatever it was is he um he he slid tackled on Ricardo Kaká. Um, and it's very egregious. It's very caused a lot of controversy. A lot of people were were on his ass about it, and you know, rightfully so. Because uh, one, we're talking about a, a a charity or whatever, whatever, whatever the game was for. But obviously, it's a bunch of former players and content creators and celebrities or whatever that whatever the hell it was. But um, yeah, for him to do a slide tackle, and I mean. It was a very dangerous light tackle because it was like you know it was from behind, um, you know the way his the way it, it landed on on Kaka's leg would yeah it it was like someone could have really got hurt. Um, luckily he didn't get like he didn't get all of Ricardo Kaka. So I mean I think if there was if the contact was more egregious it would it could have probably been worse. But uh, but it's like it's just like it's just like a it's just a, a who gives a fuck game like this game could have probably been six to seven for all I care because of the fact that it's once again it's not like supposed to be a serious match. Um so the fact that people are slide tackling on a on a match that isn't really serious is like one, he's probably taking it more seriously than everybody else is. So that tells me a little bit about him. But and, and I like I said, I'm not trying to be a hater on on speed. I know that he's worked very hard to get what he's gotten now with all the the attention and all the, the glamour that now he receives. But it's just like Doing like things like like these charity matches where it's supposed to be like former athletes and uh a mixture of celebrities like I it's like and I get now that like influencers and content creators are now like a, a modern day celebrity like you don't it, celebrity isn't necessarily being a musical artist or being uh being an actor or or some sort of you know or being an athlete like being a celebrity now can now be an influencer uh. A Twitch streamer, like I get, all, I get that that's where the where the world is now, but it's just like, I don't know, man. I I I think more and more, I just need to see less of speed. I I can, I think, especially when especially when I'm in like the soccer content game now, where all I see on my on my X and Instagram, especially from this game now, but like, you know, whenever you know you're covering soccer or football depending on what side you know what side of the pond you live in it's like you just got to see this kid every every you're you're going to see this kid eventually as you're scrolling through content as you're trying to find things to talk about this kid pops up and um and yeah this may be me being a hater this may be uh me you know old man yells at cloud and all that but i just need to see less of speed um, the other the other soccer content creators, I really have no issues with. It's just speed, bro, and I think it's just because like, it's like I I know it's a shtick. I know a hundred percent it's a shtick. I know that I know there's no way in hell that this kid is for real, but it's like the fact that I got like he just pops up everywhere, and that and then the worst part of it all is that this kid is like somehow the face of soccer content. You know, like. Um, you, you're gonna, like, you're gonna see him, you know, people are gonna try to invite him to these things, these events, just like this game, for instance, because of what he's been able to build. So he's become like the face of soccer content. And it's like, and it's mostly because of the fact that this guy can't pronounce 
countries can't pronounce players names at least that's what i my interpretation of him i'm not gonna i'm you know obviously i'm not someone that fault follows him on social media i don't follow him on anything i don't watch any of his streams or anything like that but i've seen clips right so it's like um it is what it is but i i mean like i said um i think i think for these like you know charity matches like let's just stick it let's just keep let's just stay with former players like when I when I watch a charity and I don't even watch charity matches, but like the things that I want to take away from charity matches is either A, this guy can still play, or B, holy shit, what happened to Nazri? So like kind of those things. That's what I want to see more so than than seeing some sort of content creator like speed on it. And and once again, I don't really watch these matches, but when this highlight is getting more attention than <laughs> What's going and we're in in season like we're in season. There's matches going on this in this season, and the thing that comes off is because Speed takes this very very careless decision, you know, go, makes this careless decision to slide tackle, uh, Kaka, which, yeah, and for him to be mad about getting a yellow card was probably also the dumbest thing because it's like, yeah, you should have probably probably some would argue to get you a red card, um, so yeah, it it was it was ridiculous, so. Maybe maybe for charity matches, let's 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 get let's let's focus on just having four more players there. Um, that's all I gotta say for that one. But all right, headlines. So, as a matter of fact, as I'm talking to, about this right now, Inter Miami is currently playing the LA Galaxy. It's currently nil nil. I'm sure I'll give you guys updates as this recording continues. But me and Kelson, we were talking about Inter Miami. Of other things, we one of the things that we did mention was the roster compliance that Inter Miami needed to meet before the season started. Um, we can tell y'all now that they did it. They somehow were able to meet the ros- roster compliance for MLS. So you may question all you want about how they got it done, but at the end of the day, they got it done. Um, they did sell Gregor for for three million. Which I believe it, which his salary was uh, around nine hundred thousand k, nine hundred thousand. I don't know why I said nine hundred thousand k. Around nine hundred thousand. Um, that was his salary. So they take his salary off the books, and then they bought out Quarantine Jean, or I'm I'm guessing that's John. Uh, Quarantine John. Um, they bought him out, so they got him off the books as well, and I guess somehow they were able to free up enough space. To go ahead and bring in Federico Redondo, who is a promising Argentine player. Um, ha- there's a lot of excitement around him. I think he's he's supposed to be like the next in line of Argentinian players, not the next Messi, but the next next in line of Argentinian players that could possibly be those players that come p- maybe play one year, two years in the MLS, and then makes that jump over to to Europe and be one of those top players of the world, kind of thing. I think he's also like a U a youth player for, for Argentina. So basically this kid's like next in line to be the next big, to be a next uh, focal point for Argentina. Okay. Maybe not focal point, but the next uh, crucial player for Argentina. Um, and so there's a lot of potential there, but everyone's kind of curious because his salary is a, uh, is pretty significant. And how, how does that, how does the, the freeing of the salary of Gregor and, and Jean be enough to include Rendondo? Well, they found a loophole. Inter Miami did find a loophole, and that was because if you guys remember, Facundo Farias 
did get hit with an injury, and I believe he is actually going to be out for the year. And because of because of him being out of the injury, his side doesn't impact um inner Miami's inner Miami's uh salary, uh salary cap. So because of that, basically Rendona's salary replaces Facundo Farias's salary. So that was the loophole. You guys can come at me if you want. Um are they doing shicey stuff? Yes. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think it. I think they are. Um, but hey, they met the requirements, and that's what. That's really all that matters if you're an Inter Miami fan. So there you go. And still no no. But yeah, so Inter Miami is technically should are is able to play in MLS because they do meet the standards. But all right, so this is a name that we've been hearing for like a long time now about uh, a, about Jim Radcliffe buying out uh, the Glazers to have control of Manchester United. Now, there was also a battle with another person from Qatar um, trying to buy Manchester United as well. I think the issue was with him was he wasn't able to, I guess, explain his funds, which I didn't think that was... I don't know. I I guess I I guess I'm I'm easily corrupted because like if the person has the money to buy, to buy the club, I might just say, "All right, cool. Don't care how you got your money. Just just you got the money. Like as long as long as it as long as uh, as long as the check doesn't bounce, you're good." So, at least that's what I thought. Apparently I'm wrong. Uh but Jim Ratcliffe was able to get his uh purchase in. Now, he didn't fully purchase the club. Um, that is not what happened. He actually purchased twenty five percent of Manchester United, which I will say in American dollars is one point six billion, you know, dollars. And he is able to have controlling control of the club's operations. So that is the plan. I think um I don't know if as as we continue that he's going to be able to buy more stakes of it and maybe eventually buy out the Glazers. I can't tell you for that for that, but it seems that most people are happy with Radcliffe. Um being that he is from Manchester. He actually grew up north of Manchester, I believe. I don't know the name of the town. I just know he is a Manchester native. Or I won't say native. He grew up in Manchester. I don't want to say native because I don't want to be wrong on it. But he did grow up in Manchester. Um and he has proposed a three-year plan, a three-year plan because a 10-year plan would not pan out because the fans are not patient enough for a 10-year plan. But three years, more realistic, I guess. Now, I've said this plenty of times. I don't necessarily think it's the Glazers' fault for why Manchester United is what they are because I've said it plenty of times. It's clearly it's clear that there is not that, you know, the spending – you know, the spending is not an issue because Manchester United has gone and spent money for players. Whether you whether the quality of the players is valid or not, they have been willing to go get the guys that the, that the managers want. Um, whether they pan out or not, that's that's a whole other different discussion. But you cannot say that the reason why Manchester United is where they are is because of the Glazers. At least I don't think you can use that argument anymore. Um, y'all can come at me if you want. But that's where I feel. That's how I, from what I'm viewing, it is very difficult to blame it on the Glazers. I think there's a whole bunch of other issues. I think personally, at this point, 
it is because people are so dead set on looking at the Manchester United of old. And it's and I, and trust me, I think it's impossible not to think about the Manchester United of old. Obviously, the glory years, Manchester United, which is Sir Alex Ferguson era. But I think the issue is that everyone's like, oh, this is how we used to do it. So it clearly works. And it's like the reality of it is, is everybody else has evolved. And, and I mean, the reason why I know that that that's that's something to to mention is because even though as much as I I roasted the Cristiano Ronaldo interview with uh with that guy I forgot his name uh so so and so uncensored uh what's what's the name of that guy uh Ronaldo interview guy like whoa, this is a great podcast and just me Google searching uh. You know the 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 guy that he interviews a lot with. Um, Piers Morgan. There we go. When uh, when Ronaldo was on the Piers Morgan interview, you know one of the things he mentioned about Manchester United that everything looked the same from when he was with Manchester United. You know, like when he went into the facility, everything was the same. That's not a good thing. The facilities have to improve as the years progress. Um, I know a lot. Apparently, Old Trafford also needs some improvement as well. Is is what I'm hearing. Mind you, Old Trafford's a very old stadium, so I mean, probably warranted. Especially when you start seeing like clubs like, uh, I believe Liverpool has a new stadium as well, the Anfield. Um, you know, Arsenal obviously got their new stadium, the Emirates. Shoot, even Tottenham's got a new stadium. I don't think that's warranted, but they got a new stadium. So. And I'm not saying that a new stadium is a solution or anything. I'm just saying that clearly you need to upgrade. I mean, look at look at uh, Real Madrid. They renovated, you know, they did their renovations to the Bernabeu. So you can always renovate your stadium, even your old stadiums. Like you can always renovate them. It's not not necessarily a crazy take to say, but so part of his three year plan is also improving, renovating, um, uh, Old Trafford, which I believe he's actually hired on. Uh, Gary Neville, Gary Neville, um, because because from what I is it Gary Neville? I think it's Gary Neville. Um, yeah, this is gonna be a great episode. Just me googling, <laughs> googling shit as I go. Okay, yeah, Gary Neville. So the thing is about Gary Neville that as, as obviously everybody knows him as the pundit, um, the one that's you know always spoke his opinion and all that shit. Blah blah blah. He's also really good with real estate. At least that's what I'm I'm learning as I was researching about this. Is that he's actually he's been doing some pretty good things with real estate. He has a hotel that's over there in Manchester, and I believe I believe he also owns like an academy um, over there also in Manchester. So the man knows real estate. So he is joining forces uh, with Gary Neville to help renovate um, Old Trafford because the two the two options are either you build a new stadium, which is obviously what what uh Arsenal Arsenal's a good example or Arsenal Tottenham have done, which, you know, got rid of the old and came in with a new stadium. Or you can do what Real Madrid did and just renovate. And I think it's actually cheap obviously in hindsight it would be cheaper to renovate the stadium versus you know, I at least I would assume it it'd be cheaper to renovate it versus building a new stadium. But then again, building a new stadium it it draws a new allure. But I think, 
I think the significance of Old Trafford, it would be, I think, it, it, especially if your job is to kind of gain the love for Manchester United fans, um, especially because, like I said, there's a lot of a lot of people in Manchester United will always go back to the glory years of Manchester United, which is obviously the Sir Alex Ferguson era when they were one of the best teams, not only in the Premier, uh, in the Premier League, but you can argue in Europe and maybe even the world. It was one of the biggest, you know, one of the biggest brands in, in, in football at one point. But uh, Old Trafford just holds a lot of significance. And I, I think uh, Sim, what I would argue, if you're an American, at least if you want to think of it in that perspective, it's kind of similar to what happened with uh, the Miami Hurricane Stadium with the Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl was like one of the most iconic stadiums in college football. Home of the University of Miami. Uh, a lot of national championships were, were played there. A lot of big moments of, you know, University of Miami's time came from there. And um, forgot the what the, obviously it's always going to be a, a money issue, right? Money is always going to be the thing. So the university, and then obviously also it didn't help that the University of Miami uh, started started not being the, the University of Miami. And so it's... It, it ended up losing its argument to why keeping the Orange Bowl, which is why they tore the Orange Bowl down and they built the Marlin Stadium. I think that's what happened. Um, and then now they play over where the Miami Dolphins their stadium, which is Hard Rock Cafe. I think I think that's still what's called. But that where they they now play where the Miami Dolphins play, and it's it's not it's not bad, but at the same time, it's just like it's not a bad idea to play in a professional stadium, but it just sucks when. You don't have a large crowd, um, and because it just looks depressing as hell. So, and, and 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 I think like, you know, obviously, I think what hurt Miami, and I don't think this is the same situation as Manchester United by any means, but I think what what hurt Miami was obviously the team started falling apart. Like it wasn't the same team from the '80s. It wasn't the same team from the early 2000s where they were just dominant. They were still producing talent. They were still, you know still as as one of the most respected brands in college football and it's still looked at as that job that you want to fix that you you want to bring back the university of miami which now as i'm saying this i i know i know a few episodes ago me and kelsey and ever we were talking about it and i i was comparing the university of miami to barcelona but actually i think my manchester united might be the best mu miami well i was the um but you know even even you know you flip Manchester United if you flip the acronym together it's the University of Miami so um so there we are so i mean i guess you could say very similar to what their situation is is a team that has a rich history of winning titles and developing some of the best bless some of the best players that the world that you know the world of that sport has ever seen um icons you know you know when you think of Manchester United you think of David Beckham George Best Cantona Cristiano Ronaldo when you think of University of Miami, you think of Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, uh, you know, Alonzo Highsmith, um, Highsmith, not Highsmith, Highsmith, Andre Johnson. I'm just saying that just because I'm a Texans fan. But, you know, those names are there. And it's like iconic histories. The only thing that's different in these two scenarios is that Miami gets rid of their stadium. Manchester United, I think you're in a situation where you should just keep your stadium. And continue building from it, and, and renovate it. And I think that that's probably the cheaper option, anyways. Which I mean, 
maybe we're talking about 0.6 billion, but still, I mean, this is a, and then if you're talking about a three-year plan, if you're Reckliff and you're talking about a three-year plan, renovating the stadium is probably going to help more towards that three-year plan than it is for that, for building a new stadium. Um, but there's also some other things that they did. They hired Omar Barrera, who is was with Manchester City, and they have brought him in to Manchester United to be their CEO. Um, I mean, I think I think we've seen this everywhere, man, right? You you know, when especially for a lot of teams, like you try to pick out people that work in successful businesses or in sports, you try to get success, people from successful teams, bring them in so they can try to fix the culture there as well. Because also the other thing we mentioned tonight, this is also a culture. You got to fix the culture there. I think, like I like I keep mentioning, they're just hung up on the past. You cannot be hung up on the past anymore. You got to move on. You got to evolve your game. And I think that that is a part, a very important thing because obviously, I know people are going to say what they want about Manchester City, and I agree with you. If it wasn't for the money, will we, we still be talking about Manchester City? Probably not. But obviously, clearly, they're doing something right. Because it's not just it's not just that they're buying players, which they are, but it's also, you know, they you know they're still they're they're able to get a Phil Foden. I mean, you know, Palmer Palmer, even though he's now with Chelsea, was with Manchester City. I I still think Manchester City missed out on that one, and you, and you still have Lewis. So clearly, they're doing something right on both ends, but when it comes to buying players and also developing players through their academy system. So, you know. Omar Pereira, which I can't tell you what a CEO does. Um, I know they they're they're like the they run the company if so, uh, in some sort, um, but I don't know how this involves with football is what I'm I'm saying. But for the football side, from what I know, um, they're also trying to work on possibly poaching Dan Ashworth uh, from Newcastle United to be the director of football for Manchester United. Um, there's been some controversy behind that, but I mean, if Radcliffe can do it, if he's he's gonna try to bring in the best possible team to achieve this three-year plan, because you need to bring the best minds possible, the best football minds to make this job done right. And I think if if he feels Dan Ashworth is his guy, I personally I can't tell you. I don't know what Newcastle has done besides getting money, um, but. Like, I don't know what Newcastle has done enough to say I want guys from that culture, is what I'm saying. There's also, you know, the question behind Ten Hag. What do you do with Ten Hag? Like, is he staying with you or is he not? Now, aside from this past weekend where they lost to Fulham, they've had a pretty good stretch of games where they've been performing pretty well. Obviously, the injury of Hoshland kind of hurt them a little bit. Not a little bit. I mean, they lost. But, um, you know. But there's still pressure on Ten Hag, As despite of how the recent form has been. Um, the hell, are people liking my stories. Okay, I need to not touch my phone. All right, um, the pressure is on Ten Hag. Like, is he the guy that fits to your three-year plan? Is he or is he not? And if he is, then you keep running the course. But if he's not, you got to bring in your manager. And I think Radcliffe is is considering those options and he's considering his top priority being Julian Nagelsmann which I have nothing against this move by any means 
as a matter of fact, I I do think they should that uh, Bayern Munich should have probably kept Nagelsmann. Um, I don't. I seriously do not know what was the logic behind sacking him. Um, I don't know if he was. I believe he was sacked. Let me see. Because I believe he was sacked, but I I don't know. I don't. I know a lot of people. You know, I, especially when when uh, me and Jose when we dropped that when I dropped the real. Uh, or clip or whatever the hell you want to call it of um uh, of of talking about uh Bayern Munich you know when they when they were, were struggling um Julian Nagelsmann uh was a it, it's like an interesting situation to me because um obviously he's very young he's like 36 years old uh but I'm not entirely sure, you know, what happened. Like, I don't remember if he got fired um, from, from Bayern Munich or or what was the story there. Um, but let me see. Yeah, he did get fired. He did get fired midseason in his second season. Um, but, you know, he got fired and then took over and is now currently the German manager but i believe his contract runs out after the after the euro so i don't think that there's anything wrong with nagelsman i think you know what his hit what he's able to what he has done over at rb leipzig and even his first year with with Bayern munich like um i think he's done a very good job i don't know honestly i have no idea what happened that last year uh, last season, because I mean, he did get fired, he got sacked, and then Tuchel took over. Um, but like, I don't know what was the reasoning behind him getting sacked. I can't tell you for what was the cause, but I just know for a fact that he wasn't that ba- he wasn't bad. I think he was a really good manager. Um, I think getting getting fired like in his second year of his five year contract was a little bit ridiculous, but and halfway through his second year, um. So we'll see what happens there. But I think if he goes to Manchester United, I think it's an interesting challenge. But it also depends what exactly is he getting himself into. Um, are we are we looking at a situation similar to RB Leipzig or are we talking about, you know, Bayern Munich? Because similar to Bayern Munich, there's it's a high-pressure job because there's an expectation with Bayern Munich. It's to win titles. You're expected to win the Bundesliga. You're expected to be in the DFB Pokal. You're expected to do very well in Champions League. So there's a lot of pressure with the Bayern Munich job. And so, um, and if you're not performing, you have to then, you know, get the fuck out kind of thing. Um, with, with, uh, Manchester United, I think at this point, there's a lot of frustration, ton of frustration. Um, it's not that there's expectation, but there's frustration of just stop being the banter club that they are now. Um, they don't want, they, they want to win. They want to win and, and compete and be back to being the top dogs in Europe. They want to be the best team in Manchester again. And does Julian Nagelsmann fit that realm? Because personally, obviously I think he's, he's more than capable of doing the job. The only issue is, are you going to let him do the job? Because it doesn't seem like Bayern Munich did. 
at least from my 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 perspective. Um, it didn't seem like they they let him do his job. So um, and then once again, we don't know the story about the Bayern. What happened with Bayern Munich? Because I know Bayern Munich was struggling last year. I know Bayern, there was a struggle with Bayern Munich, but they were still they were still doing pretty well. And so, like, that's the thing that's bizarre to me. That's like the weirdest thing to me. So I'm not entirely sure what happened there, but Julian Nagelsmann is considered the top priority for Manchester United, at least in Jim Ratcliffe's eyes, which I think could be a really good option. Um, but I think that there has there has to be one. So here's the things that I think Ratcliffe needs to consider coming into the summer for Manchester United. There's got to be a clear a clear cleaning of house. Um. You know, if you're gonna sack Ten Hag, sack Ten Hag. Ten Hag. I think I don't think any Manchester United fan is going to uh, go against that. I think everybody's all for that idea, to be honest. Um, but you know, sack Ten Hag if you, you know if you need to do that. Um, including that, including in the cleaning of house, man. You you gotta you gotta trim the fat, man. Get rid of the players that don't fit that don't fit to what Manchester United is looking for, at least what your vision of Manchester United look, is fitting for. Like, just trim the fat, let them go. Um, I'm not saying get to bare bones, but get just, you know, if you have to do that pros and cons, like have your like list of guys that you think fit to what you want in Manchester United and the guys that don't. And the guys that don't, get them out. Like, whatever, whatever it takes to get rid of them, get rid of them. And... Um, and then start bringing in guys that you think fits to what you want, the identity of what you want for Manchester United. So that's going to be the other important thing. And then uh, number two is just get rid of the people that try to think that this is the old way works. Because if they're still stuck in the past, you know, like clearly it's not working. It's clearly not fucking working. So get the fuck out and start bringing people that are ready to evolve, ready to elevate the level of Manchester United. And I think number three is just listen to the fans. I mean, Radcliffe is a fan. What is a fan of Manchester United? You know, he grew up, he owns a lot of other things, man. Like he, you know, he owns, I believe he owns a formula one team as well, or has ownership of formula one team, but like this guy owns a lot of things. And so like, but for him, this is like the dream. The dream is to own Manchester United. He is every Manchester United fan. The the he had the opportunity to have some ownership of this club and is getting control of the club operations. Sorry that I broke. Yeah, you know, you're a fan. Listen to your fans, like, not listen to them completely, but I mean, like, what is causing the frustration? Hear them out and see what you can do to fix it. I mean, you're already, you know, obviously the other thing is the stadium. They're trying to fix that up. So listen to your fans, see what they want, because at the end of the day, that's also who matters in this discussion. So lots of things that needs to be done for Manchester United. It's going to be very interesting to see what Radcliffe does and what throughout the years in this three-year plan happens, because I'm very much intrigued if there's going to be a buyout. If he, as he progresses, as he increases his stake in the club, to the point where the Glazers are officially bought out. Now, as someone who doesn't think that it's on the ownership where Manchester United is, is where they are, I think there's a lot of factors as to why this club has not been the same club over from from what I recall. 
is um but it, what am I trying to say? Once again, man, I am just like moving everything around. What I'm trying to say is that even though I don't personally think the Glazers are at all at fault of this, I think it's just an easy thing to blame. It's just blaming the American fans, the American owners. And I know, like, if you're if you're Chelsea, you're definitely very familiar with this thing right now. But, like, it, it, to me, it's lazy. I don't think it's the ownership because, like, you can't say it's the ownership's fault because they're willing to pay to get what they need, what they think is the best. Because before everyone thought, before everyone feels the way they feel about Ten Hag right now, Ten Hag was a very attractive uh, option for manager. Say what you want, but he was an actual, he was an appealing option. Um, say what you want to uh, Bruno Fernandes, uh, Fernandes or Fernandez, however you want to say it. Um, but he was an appealing option. Um, say what you want about getting Casemiro. Casemiro, you know, everyone was was like, great guy, winner mentality. Same thing with Varane. Same thing, um, even with Anthony. A lot of people wanted Anthony. So don't, you know, you guys wanted Jaden Sancho. You wanted to bring him back to England. Like, don't say that you guys, that none of you guys wanted those moves. Because a lot of, I know for a fact, there was a lot of fans that wanted those moves to happen. Now that they pan out, that's a whole other discussion. That to me is a managerial problem. To me, that says more about Ten Hag than it does anything else, because it was clear that they wanted these players, they were willing to pay for these players, and the fact that these guys kind of just stuck and nothing happened from Jan Sancho was supposed to be, you know, the best thing since sliced bread in Manchester United, and nothing came from him. So I do think that. Ten Hawk definitely needs to leave. Now, going back to the Glazer blaming, I like I said, I don't think it's the Glazer's fault, but for the sanctity of the Glazers, maybe get bought out. Let it be Ratcliffe's problem. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm intrigued by the story. I can't wait to hear more about this story, but just I can't wait to see more. Um, and then the last headline is Thomas Tuchel. Thomas Tuchel at Bayern Munich has been. Oof. <laughs> um, obviously, he comes in midway last year um, after after uh, Bayern Munich, for some odd reason, sacked uh, Julian Nagelsmann, and then they bring him. They bring in uh, Tuchel, and I, I mean, it wasn't the sexiest ways to win the Bundesliga title, but they still won the Bundesliga title, and um, a lot of people think that this is like the sun. That the, the thing is with me is I'm not entirely sure if Bayern Munich is bad. And the reason why I say that is because I personally think that the Bundesliga is somehow getting better. And, but I mean, there's a, because, like, all right, hear me out. Bayer Leverkusen um, was usually a pretty sturdy club, pretty solid club. I don't think anybody would say anything really bad about Bayer Leverkusen, aside from the fact that they were in the Bundesliga, and it's just going to be dominated by, um, by you know, Bayern Munich. Because, I mean, let's be honest, Bayer Leverkusen 
there's a lot of players that came out of that club. I mean, you know, Hummin Sun came from there. Um, you know, uh, is it Kai Havertz? Yeah, Kai Havertz. So, just know there's been names. There's been names that have come out of Bayer Leverkusen. Um, so I feel like they've been a really sturdy club. Obviously, now you 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 brought in uh, Xavi Alonso, and he changes the mentality of the club. Like now it's the bro. The way that Bayer Leverkusen has been playing has just been amazing football. I I've been definitely enjoying every match of Leverkusen. Uh, but uh, and even then, like um, you know, Borussia Dortmund, I think kind of not from what we usually expect, but still there. RB Leipzig, I think not as strong as they were before, but still a pretty valid team. Um, Still a team that does develop players pretty well. Same thing with, with Borussia Dortmund. I think, I think now we're seeing more teams not doing what they usually do and letting Bayern Munich just buy their best players, you know, not just buy their, get their best managers. Um, I think that that's what it is. I think more so that's what it is. I think they're just tired of it and knowing like, hey, man, if we keep these guys, we can do something. And I also think Bayern Munich may be a little bit dated now, uh, at least in my opinion. Now, Tuchel, as much as I rate him very highly, I just don't think he was a fit for, for Bayern Munich. I think his his tactics maybe doesn't fit to what Bayern Munich usually does. Um because, I mean, he's caused a lot of friction. Which is also something that I know for a fact Tuchel does. Um, and a lot of the reasons is because, uh, from what I've been seeing, is that he's been failing to connect with players. Um, as a matter of fact, the locker room has been really, has very much so been split in half um, about how they feel about Ten Hag. I mean, not Ten Hag, uh, <laughs> Tuchel. And the, and the side that doesn't favor Tuchel is... Thomas Mueller and Joshua Kimmich, just to name two guys from that side, um, who have been really not getting much play time, which is crazy to think because Thomas Mueller has been, to me, one of the most focal points for Bayern Munich's success. Like when he's able to dish out, dish out the ball very well, Bayern Munich is usually a really scary team up front. He hasn't really been playing much, so he's been frustrated. Joshua Kimmich. Everyone thought that this kid was going to be the next next big name for for Bayern Munich. Um, you know, started out as a right back, now he plays CDM. Um, but you know, similar to to uh, Mueller, hasn't really been playing much. As a matter of fact, I believe Goretzka has been getting more looks um, in the midfield than than uh, Kimmich has. Which you know, say what you uh, depending on how you feel about Goretzka, but. Um, but I mean, this is kind of something similar that Hatuko had at Chelsea as well. It was an issue was just like some guys were frustrated that they just weren't getting played. And then you have on the other side, Harry Kane, weirdly enough, and uh, Manuel Neuer are on the side that are 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 fine with Tuchel. Um, but still, if you once you split the locker room, you're you lost your locker room. It doesn't matter if half of them like you. There's there's now an issue with you, and um and that's that's kind of one of the problems. And for that, he is stepping down from Bayern Munich at the end of the season. So now we have another manager who's stepping down at the end of the season. So that's that's now you got Xavi out, Xavi's leaving, Klopp's leaving, and now you have Tuchel. 
and, but so some people are like, man, Bayern Munich is trash now. Bayern Munich is is in second place, and they're only eight points behind Bayern Leverkusen, who as of right now is still undefeated. Um, the thing is, Bayern Munich is in a situation where they have to win matches. They did just beat Leipzig two one, but they also had a few embarrassing losses, uh, this year, including the Bayern Leverkusen loss. Uh, I think they also lost to Bochum. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of things. The thing is, your second place, um, you're still in contention for the Bundesliga title. But the thing is, is like not only do you have to get positive results uh, in your final, because you you know you have March and April, and then you have a few matches in May. So you have to have you got to get positive results at the same time. You need some negative results for Bayer Leverkusen. And I'm not saying just one loss. I mean, we need we need draws and losses from Bayer Leverkusen to really help Bayern Munich really get into that discussion for the uh, Bundesliga title. So unless somehow Bayer Leverkusen bottles this up, which doesn't seem that's happening right now because they are at pace to make something very historical. And so, which, I mean, I'm going to say this. I honestly do think the Bundesliga got better. The Bundesliga, like, leagues, the leagues are more enjoyable when it's clearly not one team always winning every year. If anything, the best thing to happen for the Bundesliga is Bayern Munich not winning. Because, <clears throat> and I think you can say that for the Serie A. Serie A now looks like a very good league. Because now it's not ju- just Juventus now. Now you have AC Milan, Inter Milan. Napoli, maybe not so much Napoli this year, but Napoli, Juventus that are doing very well. Lazio's even had some really good matches. <clears throat> it's competitive, which is awesome, which is perfect. And so now in the Bundesliga, if you make the league competitive, people are going to like the Bundesliga. Like, I will say one of the things that does make it not very appealing even though I can watch any Bundesliga match and enjoy it because I love the quality that the Bundesliga has. But I know for a fact that, like, people that aren't necessarily, like, invested in the Bundesliga, like, if you watch one Bundesliga match, you probably think it's it sucks because, you know, it's only one team that's good because that's your initial impression, especially if you have a bias towards it. Um, So I think for the sake of the league, it's great that you have this, but obviously if you're Bayern Munich because you have expectations, which is kind of what I mentioned earlier about uh, with, with the Julian Nagelsmann thing. There's expectations with Bayern Munich. You're supposed to win your league. You're supposed to win the Pokal, which they got eliminated very early in the Pokal. You're supposed to compete for Champions League, and I believe they actually lost to Lazio. Um, I'm going to pull my phone again to verify this, but... I do believe Lazio beat Bayern Munich because um, I think that's who they're facing off in in Champions League. Um, this is great podcasting always. Yeah, so right now they have a one nil advantage on Bayern Munich, um, and I think and there's a red card also for Bayern Munich. So not a great not a great situation going into a second leg, but you know it's still Champions League. Anything can happen. But uh, but my point my point being. Is uh, 
is with Bayern Munich, there's expectations. You have to perform. You know, you have to compete. You are the best team in Germany. You're supposed to get the best players of Germany. You're supposed to be able to, you know, compete year in, year out. Like, you know, when you think of Bayern Munich, you think of success. And um, and this year, I think we saw the signs last season. And I think now we're kind of seeing that this team is not going to be the same Bayern Munich firm for multiple years. Uh, like the that that streak of winning, you know, back to back to back to back to back, what is the titles? I don't think it's going to be that same team, which if you're an outsider is a great thing because now this league becomes open. Now this league becomes enjoyable to watch. Now it's worth covering. Um, and not just, not just me laughing at Edward every time that he thinks Borussia Dortmund can really, really has a shot at winning the, t- uh, the title because now it is possible. We need this for the league to be marketable. And, but if you're Bayern Munich, it makes you not marketable. But I would say, though, a positive for Bayern Munich. If the league gets better, you get better. Because now you have to, now you have to compete. Which makes you sharper also in Champions League. So I think, I think if all, all this comes in to go be very positive. Now there's rumors of a replacement for Thomas Tuchel. Xabi Alonso is a big name. I know Jurgen Klopp was dropped, but let's face it, that man is going to take a sabbatical. He is going to be out for at least a season before he takes another job. Um, I know Zanedine Zidane was also another name that was mentioned for Bayern Munich. Um, these are great names. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I'm Bayern Munich, I might try to bring back Hansi Flick. That's just me. But, you know... But Bayern Munich is in a situation where I don't think it's a bad one. I don't think it's rough because they still have they still have the resources that they have. They still have a very good uh, locker room, in my opinion. Like that's still a very good locker room. Um, you might lose some players. I mean, that's that that happens. You're gonna lose players, but I'm sure you're still gonna gain players. So I think it's a very it's it's not far from over for Bayern Munich. But I do think that the competition has been elevated in the Bundesliga, and that is a very good thing. Now, for Thomas Tuchel, who knows what's going to happen with him? But the rumor has been well, the rumors are that he wants to, he's actually interested in the Manchester United job. I don't think he's getting the Manchester United job, um, but he does, he is very much interested in a Premier League move. So, who knows what that, what that could be? Uh, but we'll. I don't like once again. I I still rate Thomas Tuchel. I think he's still a very good manager. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. There's a lot of managers that I think um, are that that are very interesting to see where they're gonna land. You know, come next next season. So I'm very interested in seeing that. But those are the headlines, man. We're gonna take a break and then we'll get going with the recap of the Carabao Cup. Hey guys, this is Hector from the Insert Name FC podcast here to tell you guys about Candidips. It is a great tasting, superior alternative to traditional dip using CBD in a way that is radical, enjoyable, and effective. It comes in five core flavors, wintergreen, mint, citrus, mango, and American spice. Candidip CBD is the new evolution in dip, allowing guys to enjoy great, long-lasting taste without the downsides. If you guys want to go ahead and try them out, Use the code BELLYUP20 at CandidateCBD.com. Once again, 
BELLYUP20 at CandidateCBD.com and you'll get yourself 20% off your purchase. Thank you again for Candidates for being a great partner of BELLYUP Sports. Alright guys, we're back. Alright, the Carabao Cup is done and congratulations to Liverpool on winning the first trophy in England. So, Liverpool beats Chelsea 1-0 and it went to extra time. Uh, Liverpool had 54% of the possession. Liverpool also outshot Chelsea 24-19. 11 shots were on target to Chelsea's 9 shots. And the winning goal was scored by Virgil. Scored. I don't know what the fuck happened there. Was scored by Virgil van Dijk. Um, yeah, so like I said, uh, like I said last week, man, it was all that. Chelsea, this is like literally what Chelsea's like constellation for how terrible their season has been going um, versus, you know, Liverpool wanting to do the best farewell tour for Jurgen Klopp as humanly possible. And Liverpool got what they wanted. They gave Jurgen Klopp another trophy uh, for his amazing resume as he has had here at Liverpool. So, yeah. And, of course, Virgil van Dijk. I believe there's, like, rumors that he could possibly be leaving uh, Liverpool. I don't know how strong those rumors are, but they were mentioning that um, in the game. So, as a matter of fact, he actually scored two goals, but the other goal was ca- called back. Um, So, he was called back for offside, I believe. But, yeah, so, there you are. Carabao Cup winners, Liverpool. I'm sure Kelsey is very happy. All right, so the Europa League. So the playoff round is over, and these are the results. Um, Benfica beat Toulouse 2-1. SC Freiburg beat RC Lenz 3-2. Roma beat Feyenoord 2-2, 4-2 in penalties. Um, I actually did watch that match a little bit. Um, I was on break. I got to go to Pluckers because now where I work at, I'm in a reasonable distance of one. Um, but yeah, so I got to see a little bit about that one, about that game. Uh, Marcel beat Shakhtar Donsk at 5-3. Um, also funny that Gattuso got fired. Um, but so yeah, he's no longer with Marcel. And they win now. Um, AC Milan beat Stadarenes. Uh Karabag beat Braga 6-5. Sparta Braha beat Galatasaray 6-4. And Sporting Lisbon beat Young Boys 4-2. So the matchups for the round of 16 matches we played on March 7th and March 14th. So have that in your calendars, everybody. So Sporting Lisbon versus Atalanta. This game is actually not going to be played on the 7th. It's actually going to be played on March 6th. Uh, for what reason? I have no idea, but that's what the schedule said. Uh, Sparta Braha will be taking on Liverpool. Carabag will be taking on Bayer Leverkusen. Benfica will be taking on Rangers, AC Milan versus Slavia Praha, Roma versus Brighton, Marcial versus Villarreal, and SC Freiburg taking on West Ham United. I will tell y'all right now, the holy crap, I can't believe that they had to face off this team is, is Sparta Praha. They have to take on Liverpool. Once again, mentioning that this is the Jurgen Klopp farewell tour. So, like I said, Liverpool, I know for a fact Liverpool is playing their asses off for Jurgen Klopp to give him an amazing season full of trophies before he walks away. So, if you want to talk about being on the other side of this, is 
that this sucks. <laughs> so, so I, I, I feel free as part of Praha for this one. Um, the matchup that is going to be a really, I'll, I'll say an even matchup, even matchup. I won't say best matchup, but even matchup. I think it's Benfica and Rangers. I think that's going to be a really good matchup. Um, I'm going to be definitely wanting to watch that one. The holy shit, this is going to be a great uh, one for me is Roma versus Brighton. Uh, Roma has looked completely different after Mourinho left. Um, so props to De Rossi. I think it's De Rossi. Is it De Rossi? I think it's De Rossi. Is that who's managing Roma right now? Great. More, more Hector Googling shit. <laughs> um, Roma manager. Roma manager. Yeah, it's De Rossi. Thanks. Thanks that I had to Google something that I actually guessed right. But yeah, but Brighton, Brighton and Roma, I think it's going to be a really great matchup. I can't wait to see that one personally. Um, I think that's get your popcorn ready because it's going to be a good one. So if I had to make a prediction, Sporting Praha versus Atlanta, um, I'm going to say Sporting. Give me Sporting. Uh, Sparta Praha, Liverpool, Liverpool, Parabag and Bayer Leverkusen, Bayer Leverkusen, uh, easy. Uh, Benfica and Rangers. I'm gonna give it to Benfica. I'm gonna give it to Benfica over Rangers. AC Milan versus Slavia Praha. AC Milan. Uh, Roma and Brighton. I'm gonna say Brighton. Uh, Marcio versus Villarreal. Give me Villarreal. SC Freiburg and West Ham United. Give me West Ham United. So those are my predictions for the round of 16 of the Europa League. Uh, Players of the week. Players of the week is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is an awesome awesome app website ticketing site for all things sports concerts events anything that needs a ticket it's probably going to be there aside from movie theaters um the thing that's so awesome is that it has a very easy system on grading your seat now if it is green it's basic color system if it's green it means that this is a great deal go ahead and purchase if it's red that means Keep looking, you'll find something better. So, if you guys want now a little bit more better, then great. Um, if you guys use the code BellyUpSports on checkout for your first purchase at SeatGeek.com, BellyUpSports, that's the code, you'll save $20 off your first purchase. So, once again, use the code BellyUpSports and you'll save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. But yeah, players of the week. Edwards player of the week is Dusan Vlahovic, who scored two goals in Juventus' 3-2 win against Rosinone. Also, shout out to Weston McKennie, who also gave him some assists. Uh, he did he did uh, separate his shoulder, I believe, in that game as well. But, but yeah, what a performance by McKennie. Hopefully he gets better. And my player of the week is Harry Kane, awkwardly, uh, who scored two goals in Bayern Munich's 2-1 win against RB. Leipzig, um, you know, they're still got to play, man. They still got to compete. Um, they still got to win matches if they want even a shot at winning the Bundesliga title. So aside from Bayer Leverkusen also needing a bottle at some point, but congratulations to Dusan Vlahovic and congratulations to Harry Kane for being our players of the week. Once again, check out SeatGeek.com. Use that code belly of sports at checkout and save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. So, that uh we're gonna go ahead. oh we're not taking a break we're gonna finish this through uh we got some games to watch this weekend uh we have the women's gold cup 
quarterfinals. If you guys haven't been watching them, it's been great. It's been awesome. Um, unfortunately, it's not been looking great for El Salvador. Um, because, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, because they did lose to, they lost their first match of the group round um, to, they lost 6 0 to Canada, and then they lost 2 0 to Costa Rica today. So their last match will be against Paraguay. But aside from that, man, El Salvador's women's team, dude, they're they're freaking phenomenal. Um, USA, man, um, if you guys remember, one of the first stories we ever talked about was uh, Olivia Moultrie. I believe that's her name. Let me see. Uh, uh, let me see. This is just great, great podcasting for me. Just always great podcasting for me. Um, let me see. Damn it. Uh, great podcasting, guys. Great podcasting. Always doing great podcasting here. Um, I guess I'm wrong on this one. I thought she was on the team. Uh, I thought she was. Huh, that's weird. Let me see. Um, I thought is she Wow, that's crazy. She's eighteen years old now. Um I thought she played. I thought she was playing in the Gold Cup. Yeah, she she played. Uh yeah, I was wondering about okay. This is weird. Okay. Um what game did she play in? Oh, she played against Dominican Republic. Oh, okay. All right. So, but Olivia Moultrie also doing pretty good. She's doing pretty good, solid. Um, which is crazy thing. So one of the first th- one of the first stories that we talked about on Instagram FC was Olivia Moultrie, um, you know, making her debut. Uh, well, becoming the youngest player in NWSL. Um, at that time, and now she's 18 years old, and now playing for the women's national team. So that's that's just. Holy shit, full circle moment there. Um, so that's cool. That's cool to see. Cool to see that she is living up the hype. But yeah, check out the Women's Gold Cup, man. It's been uh, really cool because it's not just CONCACAF, even though it's a, goal, it's, it's a CONCACAF match, but they invited, you know, Brazil, Argentina. Um, there's some some really interesting teams that got invited into this tournament, and it's really cool. It's been really fun to watch. So go ahead and check it out. In the Netherlands, we got... PSV Eidhoven taking on Feyenoord Rotherden. So check that one out. That's going to be a really good one. I I'm re- can't wait to see some, hopefully see some Ricardo Pepe, but if not, we still got Malik Tillman and Sergino Desk because I know uh, Luke de Jong is there. So that's that's why. But Feyenoord, obviously, Santi Jimenez. So we'll see what happens there. Um, FC Porto and Benfica face off in Portugal. So big matchup there. Go ahead and check out. I believe Portuguese league is played either on Gold TV or, or BN Sports. One of those. One of those. But go ahead and check it out. Check out your listings. And in Turkey, we got Beshtika taking on Galatasaray. I know for a fact that this is on BN Sports. So really good matchup. Go ahead and check that one out. In the MLS, we got the Cali Classico. San Jose Earthquakes taking on LA Galaxy. And the Florida I don't know what the hell they – I don't think they call it anything. The Florida Cup, I don't give a shit. 
Um, Inter Miami taking on Orlando City. Now, if you guys remember, I said I I think Orlando City is going to win the MLS Cup. So hopefully they can live up on their side of the bargain. But we'll see what happens there. In Liga Megas, we got Cruz Azul versus Chivas. Uh, shout out to K. Cow, scored a goal uh, this past weekend. Uh, Monterrey versus Pumas. That's going to be some really good, juicy matchups in Liga Mekis. League. Oh, we got Monaco versus PSG. Stadarines versus Lille. In the Bundesliga, we got Freiburg versus Bayern Munich. And Cologne taking on Bayer Leverkusen because they're still undefeated. So we'll see if that streak continue. If that do we do we do we don this team the Invincibles of the Bundesliga? Can't wait to see what happens there. In the Serie A, we got Lazio versus AC Milan and Napoli versus Juventus. Juicy matchups in the Serie A. La Liga, we got Valencia versus Real Madrid and Athletic Club Bilbao versus Barcelona. And in the English Premier League, we got Fulham versus Brighton and a singing bed is on as we have Manchester City taking on Manchester United. The Manchester Derby is Manchester going to be blue or is it going to be red? Um, so and obviously Edward and Spencer face off to improve their their place in the singing bet. So we'll see what happens there. Now we're going to take a break and then you'll hear. Am I the asshole? Are you ready to elevate your sports betting experience? Look no further than DraftKings Sportsbook. Why choose DraftKings Sportsbook? Unmatched variety. Bet on your favorite sports leagues or discover new ones to follow. Live betting. Test your instincts and feel the adrenaline as you bet in real time while the game unfolds. Promotions and boosted odds. DraftKings keeps the excitement going with a range of promotions, odds boosts, and special offers. And a user-friendly interface. Whether you're a seasoned better or new to the game, DraftKings' intuitive platform makes placing bets a breeze. Ready to dive in? BellyUp Sports has partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook to give you an exclusive offer. Sign up at dkng.co forward slash bellyup150 and new customers will get $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet $5 or more. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your love for sports to the next level. Sign up today and let the games begin. Please give all responsibly. 21 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. Hey, remember when I told you they were taking a sabbatical? Well, he popped up real quick just to do this real quick closing segment for us. Um, <laughs> Edward, loves, uh, Edward loves the I'm the asshole segment um, just because we always have, like, random things. So We have random things to say. We have random things to, to talk about. And most of the time, I'll give it, like, a whole 360-point of view of aspect. So then at that point... Maybe I make a point. Maybe I make people mad. Who knows? But like I said, like, like the topic of the thing is, am I the asshole? But yeah, so here is the topic. Am I the asshole for not finishing One Piece? Oh. <laughs> That's a, oh. Well, okay. To be fair, to be fair, I still haven't really been up to One Piece. Like, I'm still, okay. I mean, so uh, who who really has finished One Piece? <laughs> so. Well, you technically not really because it's still going on. Yeah. But um, my thing is, I'm still watching it when I can. It's just really hard to keep up with it. I think I'm at the point where Luffy's fighting Kaido, and if anything, I I think he's at a break, and I think Zoro and uh, Captain Kid are still uh, fighting Kaido. So that Luffy can rest for a little bit so he can get his batteries recharged. Mm. And 
that's that's actually pretty far but i think my friends have already told me that they're already past that and i'm just like what and i'm like but the thing is and here's the thing people don't hate me i watch sub but when i'm at work i'll play it in dubs so i can't understand what's going on if i walk away so the thing is most that's of these fair. episodes these news episodes haven't been showing up in dub so Ooh. i'm stuck yeah so i'm stuck uh so you can't you I can't haven't. be listening to it while i work yeah exactly so if i, I unless you're mad like, ah, i mean blah. unless during your sabbatical you learn japanese <laughs> yeah uh that, that's basically what i'm thinking of but so all right well, let's 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 hear this story before we start jumping to conclusions here all right all right a few months ago my friend let's call him john and I made a deal where we would give each other's favorite manga a shot. Oh, so it's not anime. It's, it's the manga. Oh, the manga. Oh, okay. So you have more commitment because that involves reading. Um, yeah. We had talked a while ago about how we should read more books to establish healthier life habits. I don't think I don't think manga. Okay, it's reading. It's reading. I mean, it's reading. It's reading. As long as they're not just looking at the picture and they're actually reading the words. Yeah. I am a big Berserk fan. Don't know what that is. So, oh, Berserk! Berserk is a very gory manga anime. Like it is a very twisted anime. Okay, so this person is like, like Berserk. I think if I'm not mistaken, Berserk is the manga where the evil guy. I think it turns out to be his friend, but the thing is, he's overtaken by some sort of spirit. I think, and then so this is like hardcore. Dude... Like you're a real anime person if you're watching this. Not really. Not really? I, mean, okay. it, it, I mean, personally, it, it just depends on what you... It's like more of an action man, manga than okay. uh, anime and stuff like that. It's more of an action-y, gory kind of stuff. Like, oh, but it gets really twisted where the dude, that dude, he has his friend caught up in, in his arm in like a whole different dimension with like a bunch of demons looking around him and stuff, like covered up. And then he grabs a girl that he likes and starts banging her in front of him. And I was okay. like, oh, wait, what? what? Yeah, what? exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is literally the... No, this is actually like... The this is Mark Wahlberg's like, this... like line and tuna speech from the other guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like where he's like, dude, your wife's so hot. I'm going to do that. He's like, yeah, what? Like, no. Okay, but that's what happens in the manga is what happens in the anime. The thing is, it built, it takes a long time for that buildup to happen. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but this is actually the part of the manga that I read because it was on my Instagram feed where they're like, who could be this twisted? And then they go ahead and play it on the reel and they put it on there. And I'm just like, what the frick? I was like, who? Yeah, I was like, this is really twisted. I was like, this is a really twisted thing. I was like, wow. So the lore is there. Um, Yeah, the lore is. I'm, I'm a big Berserk fan and he loves One Piece. So we decided to read each other's recommendations to start our resolution. Now, John reads far more than I do. I mean, he's reading One Piece. Often reading books with over a thousand pages just for fun. The same reading speed translates to reading manga. He so he finished all of Berserk in about a week or two and said he really enjoyed the story. I do not have the same kind of skills, so in that same time, I had completed about twenty chapters or so of One Piece. Pretty measly. Okay. I'm aware. I mean, you're reading more than I than I would. 
but John and I are both in college and I struggle to find free time aside from reading papers or studying for exams. When I do have time, I would prefer to refrain from reading more after a day of analyzing research papers. John, on the other hand, has no issues with this and reads for fun. It's just his hobby and he enjoys it much more than I do. Ever since John finished Berserk, he has constantly been asking me about my progress or on One Piece. Truthfully, it just didn't grab my attention like other stories do. So I haven't continued reading as regularly as he would like. It was interesting, and I know a lot of people love the story, but I just couldn't get into it. After telling him this, John has been begging me to continue and promises that I am almost at the part where it gets good. But I feel like, I feel as if I've given it a fair shot, and it just didn't capture... I mean, 20 chapters, that's a lot, right? Mm, not really. Okay. Unless if, unless if it's like he's reading the omnibus and then it's like the 20 chapters are in maybe like four or five books. But Berserk is actually a pretty, it's a lot of volume. A One Piece? The manga. Oh, One Piece? 20 oh, chapters is One Piece? No. no 21, not... 20, 20 chapters? Not really, dude. Compared to what they have out now, 20 chapters is nothing. Okay. After telling yeah. me this, John has been begging me to continue and promises that I am almost at the part where it gets good. But I feel as if if I've given it a fair shot and it just couldn't capture my attention. I've given One Piece a try a few other times since we made this deal, but each time I just can't get into it, and each time he swears I'm almost at the good part. Every time we talk about this, he always says, I finished Berserk and we had a deal. Why can't you just keep reading One Piece? I realize we had a deal and I might be the asshole for not continuing like we agreed, but I feel immediate by the amount of chapters and the story has not my is not was not my cup of tea, so I have real no real motivation to continue other than our agreement. <clears throat> Am I the asshole? All right, so because I'm not a manga guy, but I will say this: I'm judge. I'm just guessing that Berser- Berserker is Berserk Berserker. I don't know Berserker is like maybe not as long as like as as a. Maybe there's still some manga being written for it. I can't tell you. Edward's the guy, the expert on this one. But I'm assuming because One Piece in the the anime, it's like what over over a thousand episodes now at this point. So oh, yeah. I can only imagine that the mangas is probably like more more so that. Like Just about yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to say that maybe it was a little unfair. That you know the that's like that's like Edward telling me to like I don't I don't really know okay it's like it's like me trying to tell Edward to watch Grey's Anatomy while I'm gonna watch Breaking Bad. No, bro, hell no. Like yeah, like dude, trust me, I I've tried watching Grey's Anatomy. My lord, it's I think the most I've gotten was I don't know, man. Yeah, like, like it's it's just not fair because it's like one the se- those seasons are a lot longer and Breaking Bad is only like a few, so like it's already not fair. Um, yep. And also one in one the 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 stories drags out. There's too much drama, and on the other side, a guy's making uh making crystal meth. So you tell me which one's cooler. Um, yep. So so I I can I feel like maybe it wasn't necessarily a even trade off, if that makes any sense, Edward. But also, this yeah, guy clearly is really good at reading, and clearly you're yeah. not. Which is your whole point was to read more, um, and I mean twenty chapters. Apparently, that's not a lot. So, 
it, I don't think it, I don't I don't necessarily think anybody here is really an asshole. Maybe okay. I, I will say the guy is probably the the friend is probably probably is an asshole because like you know I feel like if you if you should have put picked the manga that's probably like almost at the same time length as as the other one is as Berserk is, but that's just me. Yeah. So I will say I I I I say not the asshole. Yeah, I agree with you. He's not an asshole. I mean, as much as I wanna, as much as I wanna uh, say like, oh, you know, like he's an asshole for so and so. I don't think so. I don't think he's an asshole. Even also, and I'm and I'm. That's was there like a moment where he is. couldn't say like, hey, dude, this seems this seems a lot longer than the one I'm giving you. I mean, dude. The thing is, when you're when you're in the anime and the manga, you already know. You already know that it's longer. You already know One Piece is hella longer. That's like common knowledge, right? That like One Piece is like yep. very long. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So I mean, either he just didn't know One Piece, which if, if that's the case, then you're probably not a real manga person. But then you know Berserk. Um, I mean, but yeah, no. Um. Uh, it could go both ways here. It it really can. Um, but I will say if you're the friend and you're gonna recommend somebody one piece, I feel like that that's kind of a dick move too. Um, because I'm just as much as it is it takes to watch it, I'm sure it's like reading is probably also not a not a necessarily a thrilling task. Um yeah. so which I'm sure I I know a lot of people that love One Piece. I know that everyone says it's a very enjoyable anime. I have I don't know many people that read the manga, but uh I mean, if you guys want to like prove Edward, Edward used to get a subscription to Shonen Jump, um, yeah. which used to be like just this big book of just all these mangas. Uh, I'm sure that doesn't exist anymore. Um, it's still there. No, I'm sure you still have those books, but I'm just saying, like, I don't. Oh think no, they... no, 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 no! I'm saying they exist. I don't have the books anymore. Oh, the subscription service still is still a the thing. Subscription service is still available, but now you can actually get it digital. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, because I remember Edward used to get like Shonen Jump like sent to his house, and that's how he would like, like read all these these mangas. But yeah, yep. so, so I knew about One Piece. I just never watched. I never cared to watch it. Also, I'm not really an anime person. Um, I like some animes, but I once again, Edward knows I don't necessarily deem myself as an anime person. Um, but yeah, you're you're just not the ass. I th- uh, if anything, the the guy is also an asshole. Also, like. You can't keep telling them like you're gonna get to the good part, you know. Like Not it's especially like... there. Yeah, especially. Uh, I mean, thing is, One Piece has a lot of good parts. To be honest, it's, but but you just have to be into it. Yeah. So if it, and then also like if you can tell your friends not into it, you probably should just back away, just back off of it, and just like move on from that whole thing. Because um, like for instance, like I I like if someone tells me that they watched an episode of The Office and they don't like it. I'm not gonna keep like, no, dude. Just really watch it. Just, just, just fight through. I know that first season is tough. Like, no. It's like if they don't like it, they don't like it. Um, yeah. If anything, that just means I can watch. I, that's more office for for me. Um, so, no. so like, so like you know, it's, it's not the end of the world if someone doesn't like your shows. Um, I would try to say me and Edward don't all like the same shows, but I think me and Edward do like all the same shows. Um, yeah, most most of them, most of them. Yeah. The thing is, I think I'm ahead in the anime department. Yeah, a- anime department. That's Edward. That's all Edward. Because the only show I'm really watching is My Hero Academia. Um, but 
I mean, there's certain maybe. May, I don't think I was necessarily like a big Sopranos fan, like I am. I probably that's probably just because I have access to the Sopranos. Um, I, I just don't think Edward ever had access to the Sopranos, so I don't think he actually ever was a fan of the Sopranos. Yeah, um, I never really. So like things like that. Um, but, but like Brooklyn Nine Nine, me and Edward like freaking send each other reels of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, so. Oh yeah. So yeah. So once again. You're not not everybody's gonna like everything, but also it, kind of a dick move that you recommended a uh bro, One Piece I'm assuming is almost as big as the Bible when it comes to pages. So or at least chapters. No. No. They're no, they're not like chapters. Uh on the anime, bro, like I I just mean the size one, of the book. One little the size of the book? Eh, this is normal, bro. Like they're not big. They're literally like if you go to the if you go to the okay the the, the the length of like reading it would probably be almost equivalent to reading the Bible. Um, no, 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 it's not. Like it's it's no, it's not. Like one 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 volume is not. Like one volume is literally maybe three chapters, four chapters, depending how 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 big the chapters are. Okay, well now I'm learning stuff. Yeah, yeah. But all right, Edward, thank you for coming back on to to do this am i the asshole segment just you know obviously enjoy your sabbatical um but all right so we'll segue right over to me ending this show all right guys i want to thank edward for for coming staying staying up a little bit longer just to record that am i the asshole segment but all right shout out to belly up podcast network man check out their website bellyupsports.com follow them on instagram at x at bellyupsports and at bellyupmedia all things that are going on at belly up sports also shout out to goals tv obviously another way that you can watch episodes of insert mfc are is through goals tv so check out their website goals golz.tv follow them on instagram at goals.tv golz.tv or on the x at golz underscore tv so go ahead and check them out lots of great content man if you guys Go ahead and check out Goals TV, man. Goals TV is a streaming service. I don't know what you want to call it, but it is the Hulu of soccer content, man. Anything that you could think of that's here, U.S.-based soccer, you're going to find it, whether it's a specific MLS team, USL. Um, if you want to see us, insert name FC on there, go ahead and check it out. You'll also find me on some of their content, Yanks of the Round Table, uh, Wake Up MLS, you will see me there as well, among some other great content creators. So go ahead and check out Goals TV. Um, it is free to subscribe right now, so go ahead and check it out because it is blowing up and it has been amazing to be part of their journey. Of course, shout out to the namesake of the Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year Award. Roosevelt Spencer, he is the guy that makes the beats, the intros, the outros. He unfortunately has to improve our singing voices when we do the singing beds. Or or he inspires you guys when you hear him sing um, either Peso Pluma or some Rick Astley. So uh, we appreciate Spencer. He always works really hard for us, man. So if you guys need beat work, whether you're trying to get into music yourself as a musician or well, music maker, because apparently people don't know what a musician is, um, or you're trying to create a podcast or you have a YouTube channel, well, Go hit up Spencer, man. Check him out on his Instagram. That guy dope. Once again, that guy dope. Just as uh, just how it's spelled. 
and shoot him a message and tell him, hey, I need some beats, and he'll take great care of you like he always do with us. So thank you so much, Spencer. Thank you so much for everybody, man. Thank you for listening to episode 164. Catch me next week for episode 165, which, I mean, there's going to be something to talk about. So I can't wait. So check us next week. Take care, guys. <laughs>